Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. There's something about revival, and it just means to live again. That's what the um, what the word revival means. And um, one thing I've learned about revival, it's not somebody else that's going to revive me. Only God can. And I can't look to all of you to, uh, you know, carry me and bring me back to life, so to speak. Revive means to live again, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen in your heart. That's why it's very important to be in the house of God. Uh, I know right now a lot of people are just watching uh, from home, and I'm not. Look, if you're watching, welcome. And But if you can be in a church uh, without risking your life during this COVID season, make sure that you do get to church. Don't... Uh, don't think that watching something on a screen is the same as being part of a local church. It's such, such a dynamic uh, about being part of real people and a real congregation and real worship and getting in the presence of God. And, and, and a bigger focus, and I've learned this, is it's not about me. If it was about me, well, yeah, okay, I could sit at home and, you know, indulge myself with one sermon after another, but never have to worry about getting offended. <laughs> you know, having to learn how to forgive people, uh, you know, meeting other people, building relationships. And, you know, these are things, it's, it's not about what's in it for me. It's about what can I bring to the table? What can I bring to the house of God? So get to church, get into, mix it with real people. Don't, don't pull back, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the devil would love it if we all just turned into monastery people and just went into cloisters up in the mountains somewhere. And I know that looks very appealing at times, but uh, we're not to withdraw from the world. We're, we're to be the light and the salt in the world. And, and that includes in the house of God. So, hey, smile at somebody. Say good day on the way down to your seat. Have a, have a little chat, a little chat. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. We'll have you back up here in no time. How good is God? Very good all the time, somebody said. That's so good. Hey, uh, a big welcome to City Church and City Church Online if you're watching. Uh, we just want to say we do welcome you, and uh, I believe that you're going to get something amazing out of today's message. And, and today we're in number seven uh, in a series called Faith Formation. Now, that's a word I made up, faith formation. Uh, I don't believe it's in the dictionary, but you can Google it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really about the forming of something called faith, which is the substance of what you're hoping for. It's the evidence of what you cannot see. That's the definition that the Bible gives in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I believe this, and we've covered this a lot in the series, this is number seven, like I said, uh, it's an inside job. It's formed on the inside, and then it has an outward work. And we're going to look at uh, the expression of faith this morning as an outward working. It's a big thing that your faith has to come out. You cannot bottle something so powerful and keep it on the inside. It has to find a way out. We looked at last week about uh, extinguishing excuses and the power uh, of water, which is a, a great type of the Holy Spirit and how God moves like a mighty flood, like a well, like a fountain. It's, it's an incredible thing. Water will always find a way. 
and uh, it'll always find a way. And if you're into roofing like I was, you know that how hard it is to stop water from finding that way. It's like it's a big deal. And and, and this morning, I want us to look at something that's that I believe is is it's it's hotly contested. In fact, we live in a culture that's often called cancel culture, where you're really told to shut up and not to share your opinion unless your opinion is the consensus of the majority and not for God. You're basically told, uh, shut up, keep it to yourself, uh, and only speak up if it lines up with the consensus of society. And that cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is not cancel culture. In fact, we are to speak up, and I've entitled this morning's message, Speak Up. Speak Up. I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of somebody that was highly opinionated. Uh, you know, it could be somebody you just met for the first time, and, and you're listening to them talk. And, it, you know, conversations are happening all over the place now because we've got a state election coming up here in our state of Queensland, Australia. Uh, there's a, a, a national election in America, which is, which is heating up right now. And, and, and so people, you know, they've kind of chosen their sides, and, and the battle lines are drawn, and, and, and people are very, very opinionated. Anybody else realize that, or is it just me? Opinionated about a lot of things. And people always have been opinionated. I don't remember a time uh, in my whole lifetime where there wasn't uh, hot, contested opinions and, and ideas that, that people were contesting and, and trying to take ground out. But isn't it something when you're listening to somebody that's got a really strong opinion on something, but you don't agree with it? And, and you're listening and listening and listening, but then there's a point where you just have to say something. You just have to speak up. I don't know if you've reached that point before and, and, and you think, well, I'm going to say something here and it's not what that other person's opinion is. It's not going to line up. And I don't want to say anything because I don't want to end up in an argument. I don't like arguing, do you? Nobody really does. And, 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 it, and it reaches a point where you just have to, you just can't stay silent any longer. There's a point with faith there's a point where the Word of God gets into your heart, and the Word of God is a seed that's planted into your heart, but that seed has a destination. That Word that God puts of divine origin into your heart, the soil of your heart, it's, it's meant to do something. In fact, it goes through stages. It grows, and the kingdom of God, it says, is like a great plant or a tree, like a, like a mustard seed. It says the Word goes in, and then it produces something. But what it produces has to come out because the seed's destiny is more seed. I'll say that again, but the destiny of seed is more seed. So the plant has to grow whatever that idea is that God placed on the inside of you, whatever revelation that God placed, whatever dream that God has planted in the soil of your heart to change this world for the good, to be creative, to explore, to explode into uh, uh, negativity or the darkness, to come forth with great light, whatever that is that God's placed on the inside of you, it starts to grow and then it produces fruit. And that fruit becomes evident, and that fruit is meant for other people to eat off of, of your tree, so to speak, whatever God's producing. 
And they eat that, but that's not the end of the story because within the fruit is the seed. And there's more seed then that wants to get planted in other people's hearts so that uh, whatever that is that God's put in your heart can multiply. That's why the, the, commission, the, uh, the, the commission that God gave to Adam and Eve right at the beginning was, be fruitful and multiply. So in other words, as the fruit comes out of your life, then the seed comes out of your life and people eat and then pretty soon there's, there's a whole lot of, uh, of expansion and, and, and there's many trees and there's many of whatever it is that God planted in your heart. I'm, I don't have a green thumb. I really don't. Every plant that we've ever had, and Gail can attest to this, in our house, the only ones that lived were the ones that were never alive. It's called plastic plants. You don't water them, they look fine. Uh, the real good ones, you kinda gotta touch them to see if it's real or not. Have you ever found some plants or flowers that you think, is that real? And you walk up and you pull on it or something and you find out it is or maybe it's plastic, but uh, I've got a tomato plant and it's growing in the backyard. And I've got this huge plot of ground, it's about this big by this big, you know, one foot by one foot, and it's actually sharing uh, the ground with uh, my wife's aloe vera plant. In fact, she's saying, look at your tomato plant, like it's taking over where my aloe vera is that I like to use for my skin. I'm like, well, well, my tomato plant's worth way more than your aloe vera, and so this thing is shooting out everywhere, and there's little green uh, tomatoes, there's been a few red ones, very few I might add, and uh, I went over and looked at it the other day, and I thought, something moved. I'm looking, it's just over the fence between us and the neighbor, and, and uh, I looked at it, and I saw something move really quick. And then I thought, it must have been the wind, must have been my imagination. It wasn't. There's this big lizard, uh, a blue tongue, I think it's called, lizard, that's in there. And, and I'm pretty sure He's eating the, the insects that are trying to eat the tomato. I don't think he eats tomatoes. I, I don't know if you know anything about lizards and plants. I don't know if he's eating my tomatoes, but you know they never quite seem to grow true fruition. And it's like that when God puts a seed, when he, get, when he gives you a, a word, uh, and it could be a, a, an image in your imagination as you're praying and you're spending time with him, you're meditating, and all of a sudden, Boom! You just know exactly what to do about a situation that you're facing. You know exactly who you're supposed to talk to. You know exactly uh, some of the purposes God unravels that in your life. The light goes on, so to speak. You get this word, and it starts to it starts to grow. It starts to you meditate on it. The idea starts to uh, get to a point where if you keep it in, it's not going to happen. And so you find there, there's a point of time where you can't keep quiet anymore. You shouldn't keep quiet anymore. You just have to let that out. You have to share your dream. You have to share the word that's coming to fruition so that other people can get involved, hear that. And that's where, uh, honestly, the biggest opposition starts to come. You find that there's dream killers that are out there. There are people that you'll share a dream with and sometimes the more outrageous the dream and the more counterculture it is or the more cult, uh, counterintuitive that it is to, or, or even where you're at, they look at you and go, as if, as if you could ever do that. Uh, you know, like last week we looked at extinguishing excuses. You're too old. You're too young. You're a guy. You're a girl. Uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. 
Sometimes we have to keep it to ourselves until it reaches a point where we can't, but then you've got to watch who you share that with. The Bible says this. It says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Uh, in other words, there are just people that you don't want to share that dream with because they're going to kill it. They're, go they're going to tell you that it's not going to happen. You see, there are voices in the world. There, are, there is the voice of God, but there's also the voice of discouragement, the voice of negativity. There are many voices speaking to you in this world. But as you start to get an idea and, and the word of God starts to, I'll use that phrase, germinate on the inside of you and it starts to grow, there, there's a point where you've just got to speak it out. You should speak it out. You should speak up. I find that in life, so many people are speaking down all the time. We used to call it where I came from in, in Detroit. We'd say, oh, they're down in the mouth. There's just certain people that you just know, <laughs> here they come. You don't want to hang with them because it's just down in the mouth person again. Here they come. It's going to be whinging about the uh, economy, whinging about the government, whinging, complaining, uh, negativity, all of that. And, and, and they're down in the mouth. Well, as a person of faith and faith formation, God wants you to speak up, but he wants you to be up not down. It's not just the volume of your speech. It's not yelling, but it's just speaking up. Faith always speaks up because the Bible says this. It says that, that God calls things which be not as though they were. Faith is a substance of hope, things hoped for. Not despair, not discouragement. If it's despair, discouragement, if it's pulling down, it's not faith. The vocabulary of faith is always up. And I'm not just talking about positive mental attitude, uh, you know, where hey, every day is a great day. Uh, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Be positive. It's way better than being negative. But when it comes to that dream that God's placed, that word that's placed down inside of you, it's always going to wind its way up. And your vocabulary needs to be up. We can do it. God's placed it there. We're, we're going to do it. This is going to work out. We're not going down. We're not going to sink. The ship's not going down. God's still on the throne. God's enabled. God is God. He's the Lord of my life. Is he able or not able? He, my God, is able. There's something about faith that it always goes out first. See, a lot of people shout and dance after the victory. We were watching the end of the uh, AFL, Australian Rules football, for you people that don't know. It's, uh, it's quite a sport. We watched the uh, fourth quarter of it last night, and uh, we've got family that love uh, the Richmond Tigers, uh, who, who, you know, I've kind of gotten to know and got to love them anyway. And they're playing uh, another city called Geelong. And I just remember watching that thinking, my goodness, man, these people are fanatical. I've been to one game at the MCG, seats over 100,000 people, and it was Richmond that was playing, and, um, and I was up in the stands. Everybody's got the, the orange and black, uh, the colors of the, you know, the, the Brisbane uh, Tigers colors, and they're, they're up there. They, they got their fight song. They're yelling. They're chanting. They got the whole deal going, and, 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 and it's an incredible energy. It's like something that if you're on the field and you can hear that, it's like, whoo, this is just lifting me up. But imagine if everybody's booing you. Imagine if there's no, no energy and no voice. There's no shouting. There's no nothing. Imagine what an atmosphere that would be. Your team, you know, you're losing or whatever. Boo! Get off the field, you, you loser! 
Faith never does that. Even when things are down, faith doesn't shout down. Even when circumstances are contrary, it doesn't point out the obvious. I don't need anybody to point out the obvious in my life. I'm already well aware of it, believe me. Uh, you know, I think like most of us, you know, we're our, our worst critics. We need voices that are encouraging and lifting up, and it's going to be okay, even though it doesn't look like it now. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I'm walking with you. I'm standing with you. I'm running with you. We're going to do this. What can I do to help this thing and get this thing moving? That's what God is looking for, and he wants, he's looking for somebody. It says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth, looking for somebody that's faithful, somebody that will obey and, and believe his word. When he finds such a person, it's like he stops all of heaven and goes, look at that. Wow. Who do you want to be? That person that's down in the mouth, doesn't speak up, just keeps quiet in the mully grubs, as they say, pouts all the time, whinging Joe. Come on. God wants you to speak up because faith has a voice. Now, there is an enemy to faith that's trying to sow discouragement and doubt and despair and all of those things. And he's trying to get you to uh, believe in your doubts and to doubt your faith. God wants you to doubt your doubts, and he wants you to believe his word. God wants you to stand on that above your circumstances. There's no need for faith if all the circumstances are lining up. If everything's going good in your life, well, you know, a lot of people, it is going good, and they don't need God until. <laughs> and there, there's always and until. And so they won't speak up until the pressure is on. I remember one year we were driving to a Hillsong conference. It was back when uh, none of us could afford to fly and uh, we couldn't fly out of Maruchador where we lived to go to Hillsong. So it's like a 12-hour drive. And so a bunch of us would carpool. We'd get teams to go down there. And uh, I was with uh, three other guys in a car. And one of the guys... I think his name was Chris, anyway. He was a, a farmer's kid. He was really quiet. And I'm talking really quiet. You might be here right now, and you're really quiet. Well, he was, you know, quiet on steroids. He was so quiet, he would never say anything. And if you tried to talk to him, it was like an interview. So how was your day? Good. So what did you get up today? Nothing. Like, just nothing. The conversation would just never go anywhere. Have you ever met anybody like that? It's just hard, hard yards. And in fact, it would get really uncomfortable because it's like, ah, oh, I'm just doing all the talking. I'm trying to make conversation. And he would not say anything for about 11 hours. We're driving down the Sydney. We got onto uh, like around Newcastle there. There's a big freeway, uh, you know, leading into Sydney. And, uh, and, he, and he cleared his throat. <clears> throat> And we're all like, whoa, whoa, did you hear that? Yeah, I thought, I, I heard it. He, he actually made a noise. <laughs> and, uh, it was like, wow. And then he spoke. And we're all like, whoa, turn the, turn the volume down on the stereo. He, Chris is about to say something. And he says this. <clears throat> I got to pee. <laughs> We're like, yeah, well, we're on the freeway. <laughs> you know, we're not, we can't just pull off anywhere here. Like, it's going to be, just hold it for another half an hour or whatever it was until we get, you know, off the freeway into town. He's like, 
I gotta pee now. <laughs> like we're on the, like cars, you know, this is like we're going 110 kilometers an hour, whatever it was. It's like, like now? Like why didn't you say something back when we stopped, you know, to get fuel like ages ago? Why didn't you just tell, you know, do it? Why didn't you do it back then? I gotta pee now. And so we did. We pulled over on the side of the road. Here's this guy that is so quiet that, honestly, uh, he'd probably want to be in front of a firing squad before he would talk. And here he is relieving himself on the side of the freeway with cars going past, honking their horns, you know, everybody yelling things. It was like, and we were just... losing it in the car. It was so funny, like, watching him. And then he got back in the car. He was embarrassed, no doubt about that. But not another word came out of his mouth. I think sometimes with us, when it comes to faith, we've got this incredible message. We've got this incredible God. We've got this incredible thing called faith. And yet, it's almost like our friend Chris there, it almost has to be an emergency before it comes out. Yeah. I want to read uh, a scripture here in Romans chapter 10, and uh, we'll read 18 to thir- 8 to 13, rather. It says this, it says, but what does it say, question mark? The word, that's, that's the word that God gives you, is near you, and I made a real note of this, uh, this heart-mouth connection here because it's quite incredible. A lot of people go, well, you know, I believe. I don't, I don't talk about it, I don't, you know, but I believe. Well, that's okay, but it's only half the equation. Try clapping your hands with one hand. It just doesn't work. There's the heart and there's the mouth. The two have to come together for faith to come out. Listen to this. The word is near you. It's in your, where? Come on. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Not in your heart with no mention of the mouth. Now, he, uh, he bombs this target more than once just so that we could get it. That is the message concerning what faith that we, we proclaim. A lot of us don't want to proclaim anything. We just want to, well, it's a private thing. Ah, oh, you know, I believe it. It's just a private thing. It's between me and God. I don't, you know, I don't tell anybody. I don't want people to, you know, think I'm, I'm religious or something like that. Well, I hope not as well. But it's in your mouth. You proclaim it what's in your heart. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You know, that's a line that uh, most of us here would have stepped across. And that is to actually declare it with your mouth. What's in your heart, it's got to come out. God says, speak up. Come on. Speak up. Let it out. And and, And he says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, not just believe, and believe in your heart, both, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from anything that's going to destroy your life. It's not just about heaven and hell. It is about that for sure, but that's not the only deal. There's health and there's, there's uh, your economy and there's uh, relationships and, that need saving. Marriages need saving. Children that need to be saved. There's so much that needs to be saved in this world that's being destroyed. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified That means justified, never sinned. And with your mouth, you profess your faith and are saved. In other words, you're justified in your heart, 
But if you want salvation to come, if you want the Lord to move, you've got to open your mouth and speak up into that circumstance and that situation and that opposition. It's not enough just to go and believe it in your heart. You can believe in your heart if you're a prize fighter that you have what it takes to, to, to win the fight. But if you just go out there like this and the other guy's swinging, he's got it in his heart too, you're going down. You can believe in your heart that you're going to win the AFL or the rugby or the whatever game it is. You, you know, you can believe it in your heart, but if you don't go out there and play the game, you're going to lose. It's got to be both heart and mouth. Listen to this. For it's with the heart that you believe and are justified. With your mouth, you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. You open your mouth, you're not going to be put to shame. A lot of us are intimidated, to be honest. I find that church people are some of the most intimidated people on the planet. They got the greatest message that they, that they believe in. Oh, it's God, God amazing. God's amazing. Can God do anything? God can do anything. Is God uh, for us or against us? Well, I believe God's for me. Therefore, if God be for you, who can be against you and prevail? We've, we're on the winning side. We're conquerors and more than conquerors, it says. He's made you an overcomer. How can you keep quiet? How can you not, when the Bible says so much about speaking up, how can you possibly keep it in? Who are you afraid of anyway? For there's a difference between Jew and Gentile, the same Lord of all, and richly blesses all who what? Who call on him, not the ones that are just keeping it in, keeping it quiet. If you keep that in, you're going to suffocate what God wants to do. The fruit can't come out. Nobody can see that fruit and eat off of that fruit in your life, that love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, all the fruit that's that, of the Holy Spirit that other people need to partake of and eat of and see in your life and believe. How can that happen if you just bottle that up? It's not going to happen. For everyone, I love this, verse 13, for everyone, my voice cracked, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Look, if he's just a teacher, you're not going to open your mouth. Get some more teaching. Don't ever apply it. If he's just some big idea, if he's just some historical figure that, you know, died 2,000 years ago, then you can keep it in. But if he's the Lord, that means, you know, what he says goes. I got no choice. If I have a choice in, in disobey, he's not. Guess what? He's not the Lord of your life if you, if you have the option not to do it. Everyone, everyone, everyone. How many people are in everyone that are watching right now that are here? You know, every single hand would go up. If you're not in everyone, well, <laughs> you don't exist. You're dead, I guess. But because you're listening to this message right now, you are in everyone. So therefore, don't let the devil shut your mouth. Don't let unbelief, circumstances, people, cancel culture. Faith has a voice. If it's faith, it can't stay silent. Imagine if Martin Luther, the great reformer, kept his mouth shut. We'd still be under stinking religion. If he wouldn't have pinned those 99 theses to the door at Wittenberg, we'd all be, we'd never have the Bible to read or anything like that. We'd be extreme, extremely religious. Imagine if Martin Luther King had a dream but never shared the dream. 
never gave that great speech, I have a dream. What if he never shared that? Where would the uh, people be? Imagine all the different people, William Wilberforce, if he never raised his voice in the halls of parliament in England, they'd still be slave trading over there. Imagine if Winston Churchill never opened his mouth and he just listened to Hitler's big mouth. And Hitler kept him quiet. No, he had to have a voice that was above, that wasn't just louder, but it was more powerful than the voice of evil. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Oh, and listen to this bit. If you didn't understand this bit, you uh, probably will now that I've talked about it. And those who love it will what? Eat its fruit. Why? So that there can be more seed and that thing can multiply and it can keep on growing in other people's uh, soil. And, and, and the whole thing can, God's in the multiplication. This is not just, oh, I'm going to add something. God wants to multiply the fruitfulness of your life and you've got to get it out. If, if Churchill wouldn't have spoke up in that hour when all uh, the hordes of the Nazis were coming against him, trying to crush England, they're bombing him, uh, you know, and he just says, we'll fight him on the shores. We'll fight him in the sea. We'll fight him in the air. We'll fight him everywhere. You know, he just had a voice that rose up and the people listened to his voice above the voice of that idiot with a little mustache that was killing everybody coming to get them. He had a voice that stood up to that. Martin Luther King had a dream. He had a voice that liberated people out of bondage. There has to be a voice for the kingdom of God has a voice and it's your voice must line up with his voice so that faith for can be a form thing in, the, in your world. The world needs us to speak up, not to shut up. Everything has a voice. James says this, James 1.21, says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word, listen, planted in you, which can save you. Humbly accept that word. Do you realize that God created everything with his word and he named his son the word that his thoughts his ideas the word word logos and spoken word rhema the thoughts the intentions and the ideas of God did not stay in the heart of God they came out through the mouth of God through the prophets first and then through his son through the manifestation of his son that walked among us who spoke so profoundly that even today there's no higher level of vocabulary than the Word because the Word created everything. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and all things were created by Him. There was nothing that was created, John chapter 1, that, that there was nothing created that wasn't created through Him. And then verse 14, John 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, word means communication. Communicating, speaking out is so important that God named His only Son communication, if you will. He named Him the Word. He is the living Word. He's giving you a message of reconciliation to this world, my friends. You cannot keep quiet. You need to speak up. You need to share that. I'm not talking about uh, demeaning people, yelling at people, and being rude and obnoxious to people. I'm not talking about that. But the spirit of love that loves people, it has to come out of your mouth. Or how, can they, how can they be saved if they can't even hear? Yeah. I, I, uh, I look for opportunities to share my faith. 
not my religious viewpoint, not my opinion to alienate people, but to share the good news with people. I, I look at those opportunities, every, every chance I get, I say, God, show me the opportunity. Who needs this? And it's not always quoting scripture. I don't have to say, well, you know, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 out of the King James Version to the checkout person at, at Woolworths or something. <laughs> you know, it can be just as simple as, hey, how are you going today? I saw you last time I was here. You know, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, that you've got some, some, uh, some, some kids that you're struggling with or whatever. You know, we've got a great children's ministry. I happen to pastor a church or I go to a church. Or we've got a great youth group. They've got T-shirts on this morning, which I'm going to get one. It says the youth and, and uh, youth squad on the back, or city squad, rather. You know, uh, they're doing a great job. I just think, you know, if you would just open your mouth with what's formed in your heart, if nothing's formed in your heart, Soak yourself in the word of God. He'll start to give you his ideas. He'll start to flow through you. you. You're not that smart. I'm not that smart either, but he is. He is genius. He is sheer creative genius. And he's on the inside of every one of us that have called on him and believed in our hearts. He is on the inside of you. Creative genius that created the whole universe. Spoke that into existence. It just didn't happen. And he spoke you into existence with life and with purpose. And when your, when your tongue lines up with what he's planted in your heart and you dare to speak that out, there is incredible power that is unleashed in that. But oh, oh, we are just so quiet and reserved and laid back. God says, get some boldness on. Come on, speak up. Don't shut up. You can't keep that in. Your words are seeds. They're not empty. They're not powerless. Your power is in the agreement between your heart and your mouth. That's where the power is. Mark chapter 11. We're going to close in a moment. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Listen to this. So Jesus answered and said to them. They watched this uh, fig tree wither up. Have faith in God. Faith formation. There we go. Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever... Get this now. I want, you to, I want you to count the number of times that he says, says or speak or, 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 or you know, open in your mouth here versus the heart or belief. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, come on, say this with me, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So there's one-on-one -on -one now. There's a say, speak it, in other words, and believe it or the heart but believes that those things which he, come on, says will be done, he will have whatever he says. We're at three to one right now. The ratio of speaking it out is three times to believing in your heart right now. I think that says something. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus speaking, those things that you ask, that's a fourth one. When you pray, believe. There's a second one, believe it, that you receive them and you will have them. You see, you can't say that you believe something in your heart and consistently say the opposite or nothing with your mouth. Your mouth will tell you every time. I have people all the time, is it a sin to swear? Well, if you don't have value in your words, then uh, you're going to just, whatever's going to come out your mouth reflects what's in your heart. Because out of the vocabulary 
of the heart, out of the abundance, the Bible says, of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're dropping F-bombs and S-words and all of that, uh, don't, don't look, is it a sin or not? Just look at it this way. What kind of seed are you sowing with that? See, because it's producing good seed or bad seed. Either it works both ways. Somebody goes with, you know, those stinking little bendy things, you know, the little barb things. You walk through a field of those. It's like good luck picking those out of your dog or, you know, <laughs> all your socks. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what they're called, these little tumbleweed deals. Or, you know, they're just terrible things. If I sowed those in my nice little garden where my tomato plant and Gail's aloe vera plant is, guess what's going to come up every time? That weed. That weed's going to come up too. Whatever you're sowing, whatever your words are, whatever you're speaking out reflects what's in your heart and is producing something in your life. None of it's not producing nothing. There's no such thing as, as a word that's not producing anything. That's why he says you will be judged or held accountable for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. It says a fool is known for their many words. The ancients were slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to speak. When you find a wise person, you'll find somebody that doesn't say a lot, but when they do, it means a lot. It has power. I, I you know, one of the first things God did when, when I gave my heart to him was he cleaned up my vocabulary. I mean, I swore like a trucker, honestly, like seriously, F-bombs were, you know, that's nothing new. Until one day I was in the shower, and I'll never forget it, I was singing a song about cocaine. I wonder why I had a, a, a drug habit. You know, ah, nah, 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 cocaine, you know, I'm like, it's all right, it's all, whatever the words were. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, Woo, yeah. I don't know why I'm struggling with my Christian walk. This is so hard. And it's like, well, what are you singing? What are you singing about? It's like, uh, oh, I'm singing about, gosh, I'm singing about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder why you got a problem there. Uh, could it be? <laughs> you know, if you're cursing everything and effing everything and essing everything and all the rest of it, you know, I remember uh, one preacher, <clears throat> he flew planes and everything, and he's walking out the tarmac, <clears throat> and there's a mechanic working on his airplane. And uh, <clears throat> the mechanic saw him and just stood up really quick and smacked his head on the underneath part of the, of the wing. And out of his mouth came the S word. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, Reverend. And uh, the guy said, true story. <laughs> he goes, don't apologize to me. He goes, at least I know what's in your heart in abundance. Wow. <laughs> your mouth will tell you every time. See, no matter what you tell everybody at the table, what you load up on at the buffet tells what you really like to eat. No matter what, oh, I just, I'm just into kale. I'm a healthy eater. I, you know, I just don't eat stuff that's bad for you. Well, I got to go up there, pile my plate up, you know, with all this stuff. And it's like, no, that's what you really enjoy. That's where you really are. Everything else is pretend. Everything else is what's in your heart. So your mouth will call you out. Speak up. I'm out of time. I'd like our team to come back up. The word that you repeat... If you want to know what you really believe, the word that you repeat is the word that you believe. It's out of the abundance. 
It's not an occasional slip or something like that. They're only, words are only potent when you believe them. So my question to you is, why waste your words? You only get so many to speak. Don't waste them. Look at what's coming out and think of it as, I'm planting that into the soil of somebody else's heart. I'm planting it into the environment that I'm going into. And it's also revealing what's in my heart. It's awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. I don't know why. So I'm asking you this morning to develop a vocabulary that deflects or reflects rather where you want to be, not where you're at. So if you would ask yourself right now, and I'd just ask you to perhaps close your eyes and bow your head right now as we're out of time, and those that are watching online, your vocabulary reflects <clears throat> what's in your heart. Would you this morning develop a vocabulary that reflects where you want to be, not where you have been? One of the great benefits of church and listening to a message is you have a chance to correct something, make corrections. I believe in trying to explain the why, not just the what you need to do, but why you need to do it. And wisdom speaks, wisdom gives you the why. So this morning, would your words start to reflect where you wanna be, not where you are, not talking about your past mistakes, your failures, the opposing voices that, that are opposing you are probably the last stage before your promotion anyway. So I'm, I'm just speaking right now to those words that have been spoken over you. Look, I had a lot of them spoken over me. You're dumb, you're stupid, you never amount to anything. You know, all those words. And I speak to those words right now and I pray over your life right now and I proclaim over your life, those words fall powerless to the ground. They'll not produce. Do not let them back into the soil of your life. Start looking for where you're going. Start speaking up, not down. Start to speak by faith, not by doubt, not by unbelief, not by circumstances. Start to learn the vocabulary of God's word, which is the vocabulary of faith. And God is saying to you right now, God's speaking to somebody, you can do it. I put something so big in your heart. Now, come on, speak it out. Let it out. Start conforming to the pattern of this world. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I want you to prosper. I've got a plan for you. It is prosperity, not failure. It's not death. It's life. God wants to take you upward to another level. Would you let him and would you get your vocabulary, your words to line up with that? Yeah. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person in listening. Look, if you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we read that scripture out of Romans 10, which says this, if you confess him with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess him as Lord of your life, you will be saved. That's God's promise to you. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. It's just a simple prayer to acknowledge your belief right now, to step across that threshold and believe in him and to confess him as the Lord of your life. Let's all pray that together. If you're watching online, uh, I'd like for you to take, take uh, this opportunity right now to pray and just mean this in your heart. Say this, say, Dear God, I come to you just as I am. I thank you 
that I am accepted just as I am. I thank you that you are alive and I make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. Well, give the Lord a hand clap from this point on. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.